Welcome to this week's podcast from Capital Church's Young Adult Service. We hope this message encourages you, and thank you for joining us. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited for tonight. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to start this thing, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. Like, you know, there's seasons of your life that, like, God kind of surprises you. Like, I thought like this is, like, one of those, like, surprising seasons. Like, I was, I was sitting down next to my boy Josh. Where you at, Josh? Man, I was, I was sitting next to you and, um, during worship, and I thought the Lord gave me a word for you. I'm going to start with this a word for you. Um, I don't know what it's called, so how, that's how I know it's from the Lord. It was an image of, you know, on, like, the buildings, like the ladder type of, like, structures, like the scaffolding. Like, you have an anointing of, like, scaffolding. So, like, being able to, like, build, like, you're on the outside, building up the kingdom of God from the outside so the inside's strong. And I don't know what this means for you, like, like the next season of your life, man, but I just feel like God's telling you to keep on going. And don't be afraid of going higher. Like, I know for me, like, I'm scared of heights, man, but God's saying don't be afraid of going higher because he's going to sustain you. Like, within that scaffolding, like, you're going to be able to build, build, and build, and people will see from far and near how good God is from what you've done. So I'm just praying that for you, Josh, and I'm proud of you, man. I, I see you cleaning up with no one's at the church, man, and God sees that too, man. So, um, all right, so, and I feel like I, I had this message down for, for a while, and I have to change it for the intro part of the message um, because I felt like I was gonna, I was gonna really just address sin and repentance and then being like restored, but I felt like, um, this, this kind of came to me from the Holy Spirit during worship, but it's the spirit that sustains us, not the fear of sin. Let me say it again. It's the spirit that sustains us, not the fear of sin. In other words, it's not the fear of being dead that motivates us, but the joy of living that sustains us. Let me say it again. It's not the fear of being dead that motivates us, but the joy of living that sustains us. Amen. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach this word knowing that it's gonna give us life. Like I, I, I feel the joy in here, but I think there can be more joy. Like I think this is like this, like this, this weird Christian um, um, thing we do is that we try to like um, compartmentalize. Thank you, babe. That was that was your doing. Compartmentalizing um, um, trauma and our past in our hurt, in our mistakes, so that then when we come into this building, we're like, okay, we close the door, right? We're like, okay, boom, it never happened. But then like, you kind of like, you, you, you still, you still kind of walk in it. Because then when you leave the door, you pick up that, that issue and you keep on walking back into your normal life. In other words, like I was talking to the youth kids yesterday and um, hi, I'm Pastor Rob, I'm a youth pastor. Um, um, I love, I love, I love, I love the youth um, because I can be goofy. And, uh, I'm a goober. I'm a six foot four giant black dude who's goofy. Uh, man, pray for my wife. She gets it at 11 p.m. when I'm doing dances in front of the bed. I'm like doing weird zombie sounds and stuff. She's like, babe, go to bed. I'm like, I can't. Just can't. Um, but I asked my boys, asked Keegan, asked Jay, my old roommates. Um, I'm obsessed with post-apocalyptic action movies. Like you, 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 add, you add zombies to it, bro, and I'm all about it. Except for World War Z is too much. They're, they're too fast, and I'm, and I'm done, and I'm done. I want, I want the, the dumb ones. Give me the dumb zombies, and I'm chilling. You know, like, like ha-ha, you're done. Boom, I got you. Samurai sword. Ha-pow. You know, like, like that kind of zombies. You know what I'm saying? But what, but what I feel like what happens um, within the church is that, like, we become zombies within the church. Like, we're actually dead, but we, like, try to pretend that we're still alive. They were like, oh, yeah, you know, like, God is good, but I'm like, I'm dead inside. I'm hurting, but I'm just gonna like put on like my little, uh, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, and it drives me insane that we can't be real sometimes. Like we can't come to Jesus like with our hearts exposed for some odd reason. And I was talking to my youth um, students yesterday and it's funny that zombies like the company of zombies. Like what movie do zombies ever like walk alone? Never. Like there's one, it's like 10 million. So like, okay, no, don't go in that building, Paul. He was like, oh, look at this, crackers. 
10,000 come. I'm like, dude, bro, it was a trap cracker. We knew it was a trap cracker. Don't grab it. It's, it's 50 years old, man. Come on. It's still good. It's full of, like, chemicals, but, you know. But, and I was, and I was kind of just praying for this word and, and yesterday, and, um, man, I just feel like this word is going to cut off, like, the dead things and bring back, like, life. And, like, real life. Like, you know, like, when you were a kid, you just kind of walked around and didn't have any fear? Maybe you feared the, the white van, and that's about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bro. <laughs> hey, I don't know, man. Ford messed up. Ford should just paint all their vans blue. <laughs> like, bro. <laughs> no, man, ice cream man. Like, don't have a white van. Like, can it be an ice cream car? Like, it's better marketing. I'm going to avoid that thing, dude. But I'm just, I'm just praying, man, that tonight um, we can have this conversation. We can open the word together. We can have the Holy Spirit investigate our hearts. And then from that, man, we can have real life. Hey, who, wants, who wants some real life? How about this? Maybe, maybe you've even experienced some real life, but it hasn't been, like, sustainable. I feel like tonight we're going to sustain this new life. Can we, can we pray? Let's pray. God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you, Pastor Tracy and Garrison. Um, man, this, this our entire church, God. I, I just pray this a blessing over the building, over the people, God, over just the body of Christ. But over this time right now, as we're in this room, I pray that your word um, can just investigate us, Jesus. Um, tear apart the dead things, God, and bring back to life the, the joy of our salvation. And God, I just pray that your words become my words. Um, and that as we focus on reading the Bible, Jesus, that we can just um, hear your voice. For some of us who never heard the voice of God, I pray that's going to happen tonight. As we open up the word of God, we're going to hear your voice tonight. We pray this things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. I mean, I, yeah, like Romans 6, 23, this is just a little sub note. I have like 15,000 sub notes today. So if you're a note taker, just put like a little asterisk by it because this is a little sub note. But Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Man, it's a free gift. And I feel like many of us live like in this constant state and constant battle of like being a zombie and then coming back to life and then like dying again and then trying to come back and like this like super annoying, frustrating, like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Oh. Jesus, oh, yeah, I'm alive. Like, like this like awkward, like back and forth of like, of like being super, super alive and then like going back into like, like the defeat, the shame, the guilt, like the addiction, like the, the everything that like entangles us. We like, we, like we give it to God and then for some reason, outside of our understanding, we cannot get away from becoming zombies again. Like for me, it's like this unconfessed sin this unconfessed and hidden sin because God knows everything about you. But I'm, I'm calling it hidden, unconfessed, because this is free gift that God desires to give you. And he's, he's a gentleman. I said this last night, and it's kind of like an oxymoron. Like, God is a gentleman, full of compassion and desires for us to be free. He's not going to force freedom because that would just be like a big oxymoron, right? Like, he wouldn't, he can't set you free by forcing you to be free. Like, God can't, God can't desire for you to be free in him by forcing you to be free. That's not freedom. Like, God is a gentleman. He's compassionate. He's, he's gentle. He's calm. He's slow to anger, full of grace. Like, he would not grab you by your throat and, like, just drag you, like, into his house. Like, he wouldn't, like, bamboozle you with, like, with healings and uh, prophecy and all these great things and say, ha, 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 this sucks. Boom. <laughs> like, that's not how God works. Like, he'll simply say, hey, the door is open, but, like, do you want this new life? And what I don't understand about God, because he's so good, is that he allows you to come and go. But he desires for you to stay in his house. Like, God is not some forceful God who will say, like, hey, you come in and doors are locked. 
but he gives you the ability to come and go as much as you want. But his desire is for him to sustain you, for him to feed you and develop you and grow you and protect you within his house. And I don't, I don't know why, like, it, like, for me, it just drives me insane because I've, I've been, like, in this, like, back and forth, like, like teeter-tottering of emotions and anger and, like, shame. And it, like, it can suffocate you, you know? Like, it, you know, even when we know God is willing to forgive us, many people reason that he can never use them in service. That was me. See, but I think as we face our sins and decisions, we must navigate between two unbiblical ditches. The first one is despair, that our sin is beyond forgiveness. And the second one is that um, it's this careless thinking that we can violate God's commands without experiencing painful repercussions. So there's this one side of like, okay, like God's grace is good, but it's not good enough for me. And there's this other side of like, you know what, I can do whatever I want to do and I'm going to be okay. And I feel like we, we wrestle with this, but then the question really is, is what does repentance look like? And how does this affect restoration? An even deeper question is, can we trust the compassionate hands of God with our mess? Like, can we trust that when we walk into God's house with 30 feet, he's not gonna yell at us or belittle us, make fun of us or kick us out? Can we trust the compassionate hands of our Abba Father? See, like, Pastor Tracy knows my friends, knows me for a long time. It's super cool because, like, um, I got Ashley in the house and, and Mary and Lala, Pastor Tracy. Like, they know me for a long time, y'all. Like, I was a BSU football player um, from Sacramento, Elk Grove, California. Um, came to Boise to become, like, some NFL superstar, right? Marry some girl named LaShvonda, right? And move out to Miami, right? Have a nice little dog. Like, like that was, like, like my dream. Um, <laughs> LaShvonda. It's an inside youth joke. <laughs> you know, and it was, and it was wild because Pastor Tracy said it, like, from a young age, um, I feel like I really did. And my, my grandma, she's 97, 96, babe, 90, 97 years old, bro. And I should post some pictures about her because she's just a saint. And um, I, I went to her house this past year, um, and she has a little Bible open. I mean, it's, you know, it's marked up. This thing is like... It's, it's a white Bible, but it's all purple and blue with, like, Bible notes and stuff. Had a little radio next to her. Like, first thing in the morning, wakes up, turns the radio on. Her little FaceTime, her little, um, like, like, Zoom call. It's like a real, like, a real, like, like landline on speaker. And her little small group were like, yep, so today I read Acts 3. And they're, like, talking about it and praying about it. And I remember um, I went to her house a while ago. I was like, Grandma, like, isn't it crazy? Like, I'm, like, like, I get to do, like, God's, like, like, I'm a minister of, like, of faith. And she's like, I always knew I was going to have somebody in my family. I thought I was going to be your dad, but he's a teacher. <laughs> dude, she is 97, but she's still little jabs, dude. She's, she's awesome. Um, but what's crazy to me is, like, how God's hand has been on my life, but also how he's been so gentle and patient with me. Like, y'all, like, I was back where JoJo was at um, in, like, 2012. Um, somehow Coach Pete allowed us to, to miss um, some of summer camp, which, like, that, like, y'all, like, 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 God was moving on our team. Like, he allowed, like, 12 of us to, like, miss, like, four days of, like, summer, like, summer practice and come to, like, come to camp. I remember sitting in the back, and, like, like this, the move of God, like, just touched my heart. And I was like, dude, I am so, so broken. Like, I am so messed up, right? You ever, like, come into a moment where you're like, man, everyone around me is perfect, but I'm not? Like, man, everyone has it going on. Like, Pastor Ken, I mean, Pastor Ken's, like, trying to pray for me. Don't touch me. I don't want to die. <laughs> like, like, I remember, I'm like, like, don't, don't tell me a pen language. I don't know what's going to I'm going to blow up. <laughs> like, I'm nervous, man. Like, uh, like, you kind of, like, you see all these saints of the faith, like, all these strong people who believe in Jesus and move with Jesus. And, like, it's kind of intimidating, but the reality is that they all have done what, what King David is talking about when we're going to read this psalm. It's this idea of, like, repentance. It's this idea of having, like, like, like an actual encounter and conversation and wrestling and exposing to Jesus that allows us to have what God desires for us to have. Like, y'all, I, wouldn't, I, I, wouldn't, I would not be where I would be without the Holy Spirit. 
without God's grace, without his mercy, without my community to constantly pour into me and sustain me and refine me. Like, yo, like what I'm talking about, like, man, God is so good. Like, I can stand here for like 15 hours and tell you stories upon stories upon stories about what God has done within my life, not only just here, but also at home, like in my family's life, like in my past, like in my trauma. Like, y'all, like, like, it's like, God is so crazy. Like, he, he, like, he gave me Jay, who's an actual like psychologist who we have very similar stories um, during the whole pandemic and all this craziness in Boise. I had a roommate taught me how to like find peace. Like, man, like I'm talking about, man, like, like God is just so intentional, y'all. But there's this thing we have to understand about God is that he desires to give it to you if you want it. Like this life is if you desire it. And so we're going to just look at David um, real fast and, you know, in the Bible, at a very young age, he was anointed. And there's like 10,000 different messages. I was wrestling with like preaching 20 different things today. Because um, David was anointed at a very young age to become king. And he had to wait. Sub note, waiting's okay. It's a good thing. So he waited and he was appointed to be king. So in 2 Samuel 11 and chapter 12, 11 and 12, it's not our text, but it's just some, some background for you guys. We see this God-made king, this God-appointed king. Something happens. He falls into a king-made God. You didn't catch that. This God-made king, this God created this king named David. And then David, because of his issue, because of his sin, because of his hidden issues of desires of his heart, became a king that wanted to become God. And within this, there was this fall. See, God, God anoints you from a very young age. In your mother's womb, he knows you and gives you a purpose and gives you a calling See, but that can be dangerous because if you're not aware of it, that the, that the creator's hand created you, you can easily try to become the hand that creates your own destiny. Like, man, like even before Adam and Eve messed up, man, Satan did the exact same thing. God, God had this beautiful person that was called to, to worship God with all these instruments inside of him because Satan had it twisted, tried to create his own image of, of himself. And God said, you can't do that. Like, that's what sin is, right? Sin is just missing the mark. And sometimes it's hitting the wrong one. Like, doing the right thing at the wrong place. Like, being like, oh, you know what? I'm called to worship, but my, but my, myself. Or I'm called to be a pastor or a preacher, oh, but for my own kingdom, of your own wisdom. Or I'm called to have a voice of, of worship, but man, I want them to worship me. Like, man, sin is so tricky because it looks like a creator created something new, but it's simply you trying to be God. And see, this is where we see Daniel. We see Daniel in this very pinnacle moment of his life, like the precipice of his being. He's the king of the nation that God has promised him. He's anointed to have. And then he saw this woman. He saw this woman. ruh -roh. And he moved in his own way. See, he moved in his own way. I mean, he, he covets, manipulates, steals, and deceives Bathsheba, gets her pregnant, kills her husband, tries, tries to cover it. Wait, what? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, David in the Bible was anointed as king from a very young age, right? The prophet said, oh, it's David. He's good looking and he's holy. Great. And then, like, the last thing you see in, in 2 Samuel is that he was called, um, um, hold on, let me find out. He was called uh, raised up on high, anointed God, and the sweet psalmist. And then God says, and God prophesies and testifies and says, in Acts 13, he was a man after his own, uh, own heart. Bro, something lining up here. <laughs> and you're laughing. You're laughing, but that's y'all. That's me. That's us. Like, you might not have murdered your, um, your Uriah or had a baby by Bathsheba, but y'all, like, we are in sin. Like, it's, isn't that funny? Like, we're like, oh, oh, man, David was a bad man. But so are we. 
Like, we just throw stones, which, let me tell you right now, a big reason why I believe that, that David was such a good person and had God's own heart was because when David saw the giant, he didn't turn and hit his own people. I think too often God gives you abilities and anointings and giftings, and instead of killing the giants, you kill your own people. You just shoot them, boom, 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 boom. Like, and I honestly believe that, see, that the sin is simply like when you just miss the mark or you're hitting the wrong things. Right? And so we see this, this big issue with, with David. Like, man, like, what? How did he, from book end, how did it work out? Like, Pastor Chris had an amazing message on the difference between the three kings, and it was a phenomenal, it's also a great book, by the way. Um, but I'm thinking, like, man, like how, did I, like, how do we get there? Like, how do we have reconciliation? Like, how do we move forward and become sustained in God so that one day God can save the man or woman after God's own heart? Like, how can I overcome my past, my trauma, my issues, my abuse as a kid? Like, you know what's, like, man, like, there's so, like, y'all, man, God is so good. Like, you know, I am speaking right now. You're like, what does that mean, Pastor Rob? Man, I had a mad speech impediment. Like, I don't mean like, oh, it's, no, 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 no. My face would get stuck when I stuttered. Like, it was so bad my freshman year, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be a mute. Yo, I am, I am an extrovert. So this, that's how bad it was. Like, God is so intentional and so good to use things as you never thought he would use to give him glory. Man. So how did he get there? How can we lead people back to where they can be restored and reinstated and then sustained? See, I think too often we just talk about the repentance and continue to move forward, but I think there's this beauty we see in, in David's life of being sustained. See, I think, man, too often we, we repent, we say we're sorry, and then we go back to being zombies again. But, man, again, I believe this is where this ends. So I'm going to read some Bible now. Are we good with that? Yeah. I love the Bible. Um, I'm an Old Testament man. Like, if I could, man, man, the Psalms go crazy, by the way. Like, if you haven't read the Psalms, like, man, read the Psalms. Like, read, like, don't, like, challenge for you guys. Read the Psalms an entire day. That's a challenge. Like, I guarantee you, you will see God in a brand new light. Like, it's, I'm in a seminary right now, seminary school, and we have to read things, like, in, like, one sitting, and it takes, like, three hours. But, man, after, you're like, <laughs> she's like, what's, what's wrong, Rob? <laughs> okay, here we go. Psalms 51. Let's open our B-I-B-L-E's. Psalms 51. I'm reading two Psalms today, but the first one is going to be Psalms 51 because we see David. This is the Psalm that David had right after he committed adultery with Bathsheba. Right after his, his pinnacle moment. But just for a second, what's crazy about this story is that there's this prophet named Nathaniel um, or Nathan. Nathan. And Nathan um, has this super, like, powerful word um, um, to, to David. And it's tactful, and, and it's funny because David instantly hears the characters of this story. And it's so funny because he recognizes the character that's in sin. And the prophet says, David, that's, that's you. But isn't it funny, side note, isn't it funny, isn't it ironic that it's usually the cynics that are burdened with sin? Like, it's pretty, it's pretty ironic that usually people who are most cynical towards the faith, towards King Jesus, towards the reality of a good God, are people who are just heavy with hurt, heavy with sin. And so when you hear people who are cynical, man, they're just broken people. Be like the prophet, right? And give them a word, right, of compassion and draw them into King Jesus. Don't push them away. Stop using that stone to kill them but help him kill their giants and bring them to King Jesus. So Psalms 51 says this. I'm reading from the NIV, so if you're something else, I'm sorry. Um, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Say compassion. compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my inequities and cleanse, or, and cleanse me from my sin. 
for I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you deserve faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. So cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You who are God, my Savior and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you'll delight in the sacrifice of the righteous and burnt offerings offered whole and bulls will be offered on your altar. So we find, we find King David. We find King David at the end of himself. Wrestling with his issues. Wrestling with his past, his current situations. And in verse 1, he says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. The compassion of God is this Hebrew word, rock, rock, rakham, rakham, that's how you pronounce it, sorry, rakham. Metaphorically relating to the protection of the womb or the care of an infant. Man, that's beautiful. This word compassion in Hebrew is, is metaphorically talking about the mother's womb and how she protects and guards and, and covers up what's inside of her. The closest thing to her she covers it and protects it and nurtures it. See, I'm going to be a dad pretty soon, man. I'm excited for that. Come on. Come on. But as a, as a future father, like, man, I protect Danielle. I protect what's in her, like, within her, her womb. I pray for it. I, I, I put my little hand on it. I'm like, it hasn't moved yet, so this is kind of awkward. I'm like, uh, I'm not to touch her. She's like, oh, great. I'm like, oh, heat, body heat. And, like, it's so funny, like, she was driving me today because I was we're coming up here and to kind of pray and talk through some things. But it's funny, like, even, like, already, like, I, I feel like um, passenger seat driving is okay. Like, backseat driving, don't do it. Passenger seat driving, like, go for it, bro. But I become like, a Google, a Google, um, a Google certified CHP like, officer. Like, like, I tell her all the, like, babe, speed up, blinker on, look to your right, stay out, stay out of the bike zone, you know, like, like, slow down, get some distance, like, break distance, there's ice on the ground, slow down, slow down, you turn, like, like, she's like, dude, shut up, Rob, I'm like, I'm helping, I'm protecting you, like, you, you know, but, like, that's, like, a funny example, but that's just, like, the compassionate hand of God, like, there's this desire for the Father to protect what he can't, what can't protect itself, the desire to feed and take care of his children. Being slow to anger, but quick to understand that babies do stupid things sometimes. Like, they pull hair. Or they're like, they, the baby claws. Like, <laughs> But the parent still loves the kid. No matter how stupid or how painful the kid is, the parent still takes care, has compassion for his child. See, with this imagery, we have to ask ourselves whether we can trust the compassionate hand of God. See, has he given you a reason not to trust him? Has God given you a reason not to trust his compassion? Has he given you a reason that says that you cannot come to him with everything that's broken inside of you? See, but when I say this, I know some of us have never seen compassion like this on earth. Sometimes we have this idea of like a, a earthly father where it's been abuse or lack of nurture or your parents have said, I love you in a long time. 
So we then begin to like compare, you know, this, this protection and this compassion of a heavenly father with the earthly father. But the issue is, this is Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not human, that he should lie. Not a human being, that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and then not fulfill? See, God fulfills what he has promised. And if he says he is full of compassion, you have to believe he is full of compassion. He is not lacking it, but he is full of it. See, I believe our trauma or our fear of repentance is really from a man's reaction. See, we fear the reputation of in the sight of man over the fear of staying in the sight of God. Let me say that again. We fear the reputation. Like, we fear, like, what people think of us in the sight of man over the fear of staying in the sight of God. Like, we have so much fear and shame when it comes to our bodies naturally, but then there's even more, like, more shame when it comes to our sin. Ooh, bug. That scared me. Go away, bug. That's dead forever. Dead zombie. Lord, here we go. We have so much fear and shame when it comes to our bodies naturally. But think about like the, the sin that affects us. Like we have so much more shame of our, of our issues being exposed like to the world. Like I believe as a church, like there's this thing that we've done and it's, and it's an issue. So I'm gonna address us as the body of Christ. I think we've hindered, I think we seriously have hindered people from a real response to Jesus. Because we haven't shown them the same compassion that Jesus has for us. Why? Because you don't believe there's compassion for you. You cannot give what you do not yet have. And so if you don't have compassion for other people, maybe it's because you're lacking compassion for yourself or the understanding that God's given you compassion. Maybe you're the cynic. But just so much hurt. The reason why you're a zombie going back to the past is because you cannot accept what Jesus is trying to give you freely. And so then you block it and deny it for other people. See, the church is a place for the sick, for the training of the saints and going out. See, it's not a museum of perfect people. Let's just imagine, right? Let's just imagine the church full of perfection. Who would be in there? Just Jesus and a bunch of wax people. A bunch of wax, a little wax, wax museum full of fakeness. Isn't the world tired of fake Christians? Like, man, how come the bars are more compassionate towards brokenness? How come AA does a better job at supporting people? Come on, y'all. Like, and here's a little, a little side note for you. It is not Tracy's, Pastor Tracy or Pastor Rob's job to do what God's called you to do. The CEO of AA does not help every single person. The bar owner does not give out free drinks to every single person. I hope not. He'd be a bad, he'd be a bad owner. He'd be, a, he'd be broke. Like, it's not just on the pastor's to go out into the world and change it. It's our job to help you guys see Jesus and understand the word so that you guys can go out. See, we all have been waiting for too long. Just waiting. Lord, what's my time to preach? Preach to your neighbor. Preach to your classmate. Yo, before I was sitting on the stage giving the word to people, I was on my team, I was at work trying to tell people of the goodness of God. Not trying to be seen by people, but knowing that God has called me to do just this. Man, that's a word. See, David repented in front of all of his people. They watched him on the ground, rolling around, going kind of crazy. Like, this dude is losing his marbles. Losing it. That's a weird phrase, losing his marbles. Did he have pockets? I don't know. <laughs> sorry. You passed your brain. <laughs> I, said, I said it out loud, didn't I? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Serious. But we have to wrestle 
with, the, with and accept the compassion, the compassionate open hands of God before we put ourselves on the cross exposed to others. Let's say that again. We have to wrestle with and accept the compassionate open hands of God before we put ourselves on the cross exposed to others. In other words, you have to know that God is compassionate. or you can put yourself on the same cross. You cannot give people what you do not have. See, he was a king. They was a king recognizing the one true king. See, in Psalms 139, this this beautiful psalm that David talks about how God knows him. He knows him before he even speaks a word. He knows the words. He knows it's coming and it's going. There's no place. David, David comes to this beautiful recollection that there's nothing and nowhere he can go without God being there. Do you understand that the hidden sin is not hidden to God? The dark things of your life is not dark to God. He does not flinch. And so you should not flinch when he moves his hand towards you. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to abuse you. He's simply reaching out and giving you a way into life. The question is, do you want to receive that hand? See, back to Psalms 51, verse 6, it says, Yet you desired faithfulness, even in the womb you taught me wisdom in the secret place. See, David knows that the depths of our soul needs the Spirit of God. That God, from the very beginning, from birth, had placed in him a desire, a hunger, a stirring up within his own self to have something more than himself. Like, we understand this hunger sometimes, right? Like, there has to be more out there. Like there has to be a way to have freedom. Like what's wild to me is that the world is trying to make up different ways to have like momentary, like momentary freedom. Like drugs are great for moments. I'll say it from the from pulpit. You want to have a great moment? Do drugs. Man, that low is low. That low is low. And it will destroy you. There is no low in the kingdom of God. There is nothing that can sustain you outside of Jesus. Not your spouse, not your friends, not your community, not some good music, but simply the Holy Spirit is what can sustain you. Come on. And he recognizes it from the Spirit, from that in the secret place, he recognizes this. See, even more so, we need a new life, a new heart. David, in this moment of confession, talks about how he needs a new heart. I think we've, maybe you've been like me, like, I remember, um, it was like 2000, can you remember your roommates, when it tells 19? Yeah, 19, man. I had like the, the lowest moment of my entire life. I thought I was just done. Like, ministry, life, girlfriend, best friends, car, house, like, I thought, man, the enemy was just attacking me in isolation. Like, y'all, just saying that right there is a transparent talk. Like, I was, I was serving from a deficit. Tried hiding it from every single person that I knew. But I had people, I had family, I had pastors that cared so deeply and showed me the compassion of Jesus for me to recognize, like, oh, my gosh, God is still God. <laughs> he is still good. And we know it from, like, childhood church. God is good and all the time. Even when you're not. Even when you're dead and you're hurting and you're broken and your brain doesn't make sense, where do you find your help in God? Where does your salvation come? From God. So David says this beautiful phrase, and I thought this is something we have to learn. It's this this truth of like, man, going to God humbly. Going to God saying, man, I don't care what it looks like. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to your feet. And he says this, create in me a pure heart, a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Y'all want to be sustained? It's simple. (laughs) It's simple. It's a choice. It's simply a choice. There's this beautiful diagram my wife taught me. It's this idea of delight, 
Babe, help me out. Delight, desire, and discipline. All together. Some of y'all desire to like delight in the Lord, but lack the discipline. Some of y'all have all this discipline and desire, but you don't delight in it. It's just a task. Like we have to understand that it's a choice to have the desire, the delight, and the discipline. To hear from God, to be in his presence, say, Abba, Father, you're so good. I can't stop reading your word because even when I don't want to, I just, I'm disciplined to keep on doing it. God, I don't, I hate confessing my sin to you, God, but I've been doing it for the past 15 years, so I'm just going to keep on doing it. God, I know, God, that when I see Ricky and Ashley worshiping, I'm like, oh, there we go again. I should have delight. I got to set my worship up. Thank you, Jesus. Like, we have to understand there is this desire, delight, and discipline that will sustain us. But simply it's this. How do we move forward after we repent? How do we become sustained? A pure heart. A new birth. A creation from God. This pure heart isn't just a one-time thing, y'all. Like, you know, forgiveness isn't a one-time thing. Like, I have to walk with forgiveness for my family and my friends daily. Daily. That pure heart, man, is simply being in the presence of God. That's where that purity comes from. Saying, God, oh God, create right now. I wake up in the morning. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Boom. New heart. New morning grace. New morning mercy. I'm stepping into a new thing, Jesus. We've been saying a new thing, God, a new thing for a while now, about a couple weeks, right? The new thing is the same thing as Jesus. Crazy, right? That's a sentence. A new thing is the same thing as Jesus. Because he sustains you every single day. A new day, sustained. The next day, sustained. Tomorrow, sustained. The next day, sustained. The new year, sustained. Come on, he will sustain you in creating you a new heart. So then, then he says, and then a steadfast spirit. Man, I kid you not, Tuesday prayer as a staff, I was sitting in the corner um, reading Ezekiel. And I literally, like, I don't ever, I don't, I'm not like trying to like just bamboozle y'all, like y'all know how, like, you know how I get down. Um, but I was sitting down on, on a chair and I felt like a warm hand like, like crawl up my back. Like, like it, it sounds weird. It was like, it's like, oh, that feels good. Like, ha Like, kazam. Woo. I don't know. And in that moment, I felt like the Lord gave me a new spine. I have a good back. I'm strong, y'all. But I felt like the Lord gave me, like, a new spine, like a new strength. Because, man, this world is strong. The world is hungry. But the, God is saying, I need to give you a strength to go out into the world and stand against and hold the evil and fight back. You have to have a strong back. You have to know. You have to be steadfast in the Lord. It be sustained in the Lord. So you have to ask God for a steadfast spirit, an unshakable spirit, a firm foundation. Then David says, the power and wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Y'all, you guys can't do this with the power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Try it. I dare you. <laughs> Try to do what God's called to do without him. I'm saying I dare you, but don't. Please don't do it, sweetheart. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it, sweetheart. Don't, don't, don't do it. It will break you. You cannot do what God has for you without the power and the wisdom and the discernment of the Holy Spirit. And, y'all, me and my boy Joe, Joe in the back, Joe care talking about sensationalist movement. Y'all. Too many of us are sensationalist zombies. Like coming to church, saying, yeah, God is good all the time. Homie's good, but he's dead. And so am I. So is my spirit. Yeah, I have wisdom. I read the word. Read Proverbs. I'm good to go. That's not what David's talking about. It's the actual, like from the inside of your being, the manifest presence of God that was once inside Jesus and why he left and didn't come back is for you can sustain with the Holy Spirit. The power, the discernment, all the fruits of the Spirit, man, not just some of them, but all of them. 
You can't have the fruits without the works. And you can't have the works without the fruits. But all these things, man, delight, discipline, desire. And then he says this, restore. Everyone say restore. Restore. To me, the joy of your salvation. Man, I I, I get this because there's some church kids that don't have joy in their story. Where'd it go? (laughs) I'm going to kick that thing. (laughs) Trying to get my hair to. Serious Jesus time. But some of us, especially y'all church kids, and I say y'all church kids because, man, I wish I was a church kid. I was not a church kid. Man, I was a street kid. Street as in Elk Grove, like kind of like farm slash like suburb. Like I had a, I had a little huffy bike, you know, I had a little huffy bike, you know. I mean, the squad put a little put Pokemon cards in it. Like, I was real gangster, y'all. You had no smoke from me, church kids. Get down with this. But some of y'all like, some of y'all like, the joy of the Lord is like this idea that just doesn't, doesn't compete with your brain. Like you used to have joy from Jesus, but now it's just work. Like you used to have joy in Jesus, but now it's just like, ah, it's Sunday. I have to go serve. Maybe you're intern, I'll have to do intern stuff. Y'all don't even move chairs no more. It's kind of easy. Y'all don't even move chairs. Hey, 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 y'all interns, interns, real quick. I will smoke y'all in a chair stacking race. And I will give you joy. I will humble your heart real quick. <laughs> Babe, if you saw me, I'm telling you right now, if you saw me tapping in chairs, it would have been two months. My gosh. <laughs> but some of y'all need to find that joy that you once had in Christ Jesus. Knowing that Jesus has given you new life. Knowing that Jesus sees you, knows you, desires, and delights to be with you. From the very beginning, he saw you in your mother's womb and smiled and said, man, I made that. And there's a joy moment in your salvation. You weren't young and dumb. You weren't bamboozled. You cannot cannot deconstruct what God constructed. And the last thing David says is a willing spirit. And I believe this, this is for all of us, man. We need to learn how to have a willing spirit. A willing spirit is what will sustain us. All these things, pure heart, steadfast spirit, power and wisdom of the Holy Spirit, a restored joy of our salvation, and then a willing spirit. Could you seriously right now, if I said to put up your hand and say, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. Would you do it? It's funny because I remember when I met my wife, that was my prayer. First year intern, summertime between first and second year, I was like, yep, I'm on fire for Jesus. Lord, however you want me to do it, Lord. Alaska, I'm preaching. Cancun, I'm for sure there, God. (laughs) Like, Australia, Lord, fly me out. All right, crikey, Mike, come on. I'm about it. And then Pastor Mark says, hey, Rob, Twin Falls. I don't know about that, but I'm there, Lord. I get there. I'm rocking my little Chance Rapper hat. I'm like, okay, it's going to be a little church conference. And I'm like, y'all are some country folk. I am the first black man y'all seen since I don't know who. Since, since Martin Luther King Jr. on your, your, your history, on your, on your history TV show. I don't know. He said, she said, are you Tiger Woods? I said, no, I'm not Tiger. <laughs> it's true, babe. It's true, babe. Did that not happen? We were in Twin Falls. He said, "I thought you were Tiger Woods." I said, "Lord knows our shirt. Not, not you. The other dude in Twin Falls on the corner. I think he's a little buzz. I don't know." <laughs> but I remember, man, saying to God, like. Like, I pray, like, it's that old prayer. Like, like God, if you're going to use somebody, use me, Lord. Lord, use me. He was like, okay, your neighbor. When? Next year. I tried. I left a letter. <laughs> you know? 
Like, are you willing to, like, to do the bidding of God? Like, are you willing to sacrifice your idea of what wealth looks like? Are you willing to sacrifice your idea of what time looks like? It's a sacrifice, y'all. Hmm. The last part, I'm almost done. You guys good? Last part of the Psalm, David. We see this truth of what God desires or needs from us. Kind of cool, right? God needs something from you. In verse 6 of Psalms 51 says, You did not delight in sacrifice, or I will bring it. You did not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. Outside change means nothing without inside change. If God desired for us to, to give him our ex external stuff, we'd still be zombies. But God desires to take all that's inside of you, your desires, your dreams, your hopes, your brokenness, the pain, your trauma, the addictions, the hurts, the family bondage, the things that if you sit out loud, you feel like we would all look at you like you were crazy. God desires that. He doesn't want your youth pastor, leather jean jacket wearing self. He simply wants your broken, humbled, contrite, God, I need you without you, I am nothing heart. That is the sacrifice he desires for his son and daughter to run down the aisle to his feet and say, God, I need you. Like David, God, will you restore me? God, I know you see me. God, I know you desire me. God, I know without you, I am nothing, God. So can you create in me a pure heart? God, within me, God, can you sustain me? Holy Spirit, can you fulfill everything that I need? Can you give me the power and the wisdom to do what you've called me to do? God, I desire nothing but you. God, I am the sacrifice. Me, this brokenness. God, why is it that you want what's broken? Can I just like fake it and try to give you something that's like good? He's like, no, I want that. I want that. I want the thing you've been hiding. Because I know if I take it and I pull it out, beauty comes up. My image shows up. My marksmanship shows up. My anointing begins to overflow. The miracles you've been desi like, desiring to see become visible. The, the spirit of fear goes away when you simply say, God, take it from me. See, something happens when you come to God like, man, I just see David in this moment. Like, God, my, I, there's nothing else I have. God, I messed up, but Lord, you just take all that I have. Take it, Lord. Like, I actually desire right now, try to close your eyes. God, right now, Jesus, God, we're in this place, God, desiring for a new move, God, for a new thing, God, but you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, God. So you sustain us, God. You give us new life, Jesus. So I pray, God, knowing that you see the depths of your children, the depths of your sons and daughters, God, and you know it, God. Yet, God, you still love it. God, so I pray right now, God, when we keep on going into this message, God, that we can hear your voice, Jesus. God, we can trust the compassionate hand of Abba, Father. God, we can come to you, God, not afraid, God, but knowing that your son, Jesus Christ, gave us a way to you, God. God, to your throne room, God, so we can approach you with confidence, God. Some of us don't have confidence, God, to approach you, God, but tonight that changes, God. God, tonight, God, it changes, God. We're, not, no, we're no longer zombies, Jesus. God, we were sons and daughters, God, heirs of the kingdom of God. God, so tonight, Jesus, God, sustain us. Restore us. Give us right now, God, new thoughts, a new way, Jesus, only found in you, God. And David, and then he goes into Psalm 32. In Psalm 32, I'm going to read the whole thing for you guys. He says this, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, 
Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in in whose spirit there's no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my inequity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the ways you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horses or the mule, which have no understanding but must be controlled by bit and brittle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad. Your righteous sing, all you who are upright in heart. See, David wrote this psalm after his repentance, after his time of coming to the Lord. He was restored, reinstated, and he was empowered with more. See, a heart of desire to be with God allows us to be reinstated. The love of the Lord surrounds us right now in this space, right where you're at. And I, I, you just keep your eyes closed. I'm just gonna, I feel this, man. I feel like there's moments of our life that we kind of just surround ourselves with the, the thoughts and the images of our past. And Jesus simply wants you to surround yourself with his image. The compassionate love of God. His hand is out, reached out to you in this heaven to earth moment saying, son, daughter, it's a free gift. You don't have to be a zombie. You don't have to be dead anymore. You don't have to be fake. You can be what I've called you to be and that's mine. He desires to be with you. He desires to put into you a pure mind, a new heart, a steadfast spirit a joy that will sustain you. He desires to put in this, in this like, this, this new strength, this willing spirit to uphold you in all you do. What he truly desires is you. And I think too often we give him us part of it. And there can't be full transformation without giving yourself fully to him. Man, we, there's this song um, that we, I want you guys to sing and we're gonna come, come back up, man, but I feel like God is gonna restore some things tonight. And I don't know what it looks like for you guys, but man, I know that if you desire the life that God has for you, nothing else matters. I don't, I don't know, and this is not me telling you to do it. I don't know if you have to fall face down on the floor or come up here and kneel or do whatever you have to do to see God the way he sees you and to, and to grab a hold of his compassion for you. But man, this is the space and the place to do it. And what if, what if all this was real? What if God truly does desire to give you a new life? What if you've been wrestling with the past for far too long and you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but tonight, in this real moment with the real God, he's asking you to do it in a real way. What if? Are you willing? Are you able to do it? So we're gonna sing this song and I'm just gonna give the Holy Spirit space and I don't know what's gonna happen, but I do know this. If you desire it, you will not leave this room the same. You will never 
be the same again. And that isn't uh, you willing it and making it happen. It is the power of the Holy Spirit right now taking over right now. Jesus, Holy Spirit, I pray you just flow into this room. God, the sin that wasn't even their fault, the brokenness that just touched them, God. They try to push it away, the abuse, the brokenness of their home, God. Newness, newness, newness right now. The, the, the words of their, of their ex, I, I, I just see the verbal abuse of an ex-boyfriend and that's been playing over, over and over because he would abuse you verbally and then he would say he loves you and that's, and, and that's confused how you see love. I just pray right now the Abba Father's love, the compassionate hand of God will overwhelm you with this word, he loves you. God is saying in this moment, I love you and my hand is good. Jesus, I pray for more moments, God, for more, for more, for more, for more, for more, for more, for more right now, Jesus. Let your sons and daughters hear your voice, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. To stay connected with our community, you can follow us at Capital Young Adults.